Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, early life conditioning, to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm talking about love addiction. Dun dun. What is it? Can love be an addiction? I say absolutely. And here is why. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Whitney here with a Identify and Heal solo episode. And on today's episode, I'm talking about love addiction. Love addiction. You might as well face it. You're addicted to love. Is the song that comes to mind? Robert Palmer, the 80s people. Okay. So what is love addiction? I'm speaking to this because if you've listened to some of my past episodes, I talk a lot about dating, relationships, getting into a cycle, a pattern of being an unhealthy, potentially toxic, abusive, no bueno, no good relationships that keep us in a dead end cycle, which is frustrating, especially if we have a yearning to meet a soul partner, a soulmate, a soul companion, spiritual companion, life companion, whatever you want to call it. We want the real deal. Yet sometimes we might have the highest intention in our minds, but our, whether it's our subconscious, our emotional body keeps coming back to these not so healthy connections. Why is that? Could it be that you might as well face it, that you're addicted to love? Okay, I'll stop now. So to get into this, let's start, let's look at the title, love addiction. Let's break it down. What are we talking about? What is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. It's Friday. I feel like singing, okay? Fun 80s, 90s songs. What is love? Okay, so we're talking about romantic love here, right? We're talking about when we are connecting with other people, maybe we're dating, we're getting intimate, we're spending time, we're sharing our lives with somebody, we are feeling love for them. Now, I've spoken before about whether or not in an unhealthy connection, is it really love or is it more lust, infatuation? That's a pretty endlessly debatable question and topic. I personally believe, as I've stated before, that when any two beings come into connection, they share time, they get intimate, they share space, they're touching, they're kissing, there's, you know, communing, opening to each other intimately through thoughts and physically all that, that there can always be some sort of love that there is love, that there is a fondness, that there is an attachment. I will say that I think speaking from my perspective, as I have been in a healthy relationship, that it is more of an attachment that feels like love, but may not actually be the real deal. Right. Okay. So love, love is a beautiful feeling. 
But it also, when we're talking about the less healthy varietals of love, it can be enticing, exciting, right? I've been single for a while. Those who are in the same place as me, you know, things get a a little boring. You know what I'm saying? Like you start wanting some excitement, like, oh, I don't have anybody to look forward to seeing. I mean, I will say that studies show most people will say life is enhanced with a partnership. You do not need one to be happy. It That is absolutely not the case because if you're not happy with yourself, you are certainly not going to be happy in a relationship. And a lot of people are miserable in relationships. However, for the majority of the time, people tend to rate their life satisfaction and contentment and happiness at higher levels when you're in partnership. It can be a beautiful thing. So when you're with that one, you know, you learn to enjoy the pleasures of just being on your own, having your time to yourself, making your own decisions, not being on anyone else's timeline. Yet, you know, you it, it can feel like that lack of excitement, which brings me to my point. Love can be enticing in that it brings new sensations, new experiences. It brings things to get excited about. It can kind of give you that dopamine hit, especially in early days when you're just starting to text and see each other and you're both all like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see you. I'm so excited. And I mean, sometimes have you, if you guys have ever seen this movie, if you haven't seen it, seen it, go rent it, go look it up online right now. 500 days of summer. My gosh, that movie is a masterpiece in so many ways. I just adore it. It gives so much insight into unrequited love, the reality of love, the feeling of new love, the experience of breakups. It's just beautiful. Anyways, there's a scene where he's finally going out with this girl he works with that he was like really into and he's totally stoked. And as he's walking out from like their first encounter, the whole like world turns into like a cartoon and the birds are singing with him and people just come around and start dancing with him. That's how new love can feel, right? We're just like, oh my gosh, I feel so elated. I'm excited. This is, everybody knows it, right? And if you don't, I know that you will soon. But most people know that feeling of when life just seems vibrant when you first have love. However, the problem is, again, back to this love addiction, some people will chase that feeling. Some people will need that fix for that fresh, new novel love experience. So that's one aspect of it. Can you get addicted to that? We'll talk about that more. What I would more so call love addiction is an attachment to sort of the highs and lows. So we just talked about a high, but it's it's the excitement of the roller coaster ride that is a unhealthy, not genuine love. Genuine love is very still. It's almost like that Bible verse, right? Where I will not quote it correctly, but I will say that I know it. It says something on the, along the lines of love is not boastful. Love is kind, right? Love is caring. Basically saying that love is very gentle. It's not boastful. It's not this gregarious blown up thing. It's not this tumultuous thing. It's the most gentle force in the world. It's actually the only force in the whole universe. Everything is love just to note, or so is my thought. You take what it with, with it, what you will. Some people that doesn't feel good. And again, I've talked about this on episodes about addiction to chaos and that it takes two to toxic that sometimes we might say, Oh yeah, I just want to, I want to just meet my person. I'm so ready to settle down, but settling down is just that, right? It's chilling out. It's letting go of the drama, 
letting go of the excitement, the highs and lows, the intensity, the dopamine rush, all these things that you get in new love and toxic love. Because here's the thing, toxic relationships can be addictive because it's almost like you're, because it's like the breakup makeup thing. It's like, you're getting your new love over and over. It's like, you lose it. Oh gosh. And now we're not together and I miss you so much. Oh, and then we're back together and it's so passionate. And so it's like, you're recreating it, right? A healthy relationship is not like that. I don't know a lot (laughs) about healthy relationships. I haven't been in many, if any, Uh, but I've seen them. I mean, I have been in calmer, more stable connections, relationships, dating situations, but more so in the not so healthy. So I will say that the ones that I've heard about and the ones that I've had, it's not as exciting. It's not this rush. It's not these highs and lows. You also might not even feel as passionate. You can be very much in love with a soulmate, but it's not that push and pull that you feel in what I'm just going to go ahead and call a love addiction situation. So again, let's break it down. So there is love, right? Love is a connection. We're talking about romantic love. So it's a intimate connection with somebody else. You're having feelings about them. You're being intimate with them. You are communing, connecting, sharing life with a person. There's love in a nice little box. It's a good feeling. It's a elational, elating feeling. It brings you up. Again, it can kind of feel like it lights up the world. It can give you dopamine rushes. It's this whole big old, you know, drug factory of its own, right? Don't they say that love is the most powerful drug there is? So of course, where there is a drug, there is an addiction, which brings us to the definition of an addiction. What is an addiction? So it can be said that an addiction is any action or anything that a repeated action that you do over and over despite negative consequences. Okay. So almost every addiction starts out, except for maybe like heroin or meth, cocaine, those kind of things where we like know darn well that like this is probably shouldn't be doing this. It's not for the best. Other things like what it could be even like engaging in eating disorder behaviors or exercising where at first it's like, oh, I'm just taking care of myself. I'm being healthy. I'm being mindful. I'm exercising and moving my body, but it becomes an addiction when you start pushing it towards means that it begins to meet unfulfilled needs that you have that you don't know how to get filled otherwise, right? So somebody that, again, starts out with an exercise program and it's a healthy balance, but then they feel like they need that uh, to push themselves more and more and more because they want that validation. When they feel like they've worked out hard enough, good enough, they're getting strong, they can feel good about themselves. They feel better. But if they don't, they feel like a failure. So it's not as common, but Exercise addiction is real. I I personally am in the camp that I think anything can be an addiction. We can be addicted to anything. Because again, it just has to fall into that definition, which is any action that you continuously repeat despite negative repercussions, consequences. But I'd also say that addiction is something that begins to, you begin to need it, to feel or sustain a a certain state of being. Okay. So for, for example, I've spoken about how I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and I got hooked on oxy oxycodone. Yeah. Like more like Vicodin. And at first I would take it and it just made me feel euphoric. And I felt so warm and fuzzy inside and I felt at peace. 
So I would just start taking it more and more recreationally and be like, oh, it's fine, you know, because I had stopped drinking. I stopped drinking first before I got sober. I just stopped drinking, but still used these pills. But then as the, you know, as I say with drugs, it, then it was just, I needed to take it. I needed to take more to get the same effect. Right. And then eventually I got to the point where I just needed to take it to feel normal. Cause once the medication wore off, I felt shaky. I felt horrible like that. I'll never forget that feeling. Like your skin's crawling. Your body almost feels like foreign to you. Like you've done something very bad to it. And now it needs like the special medicine that you've got it hooked on to function properly. So that indicates an addiction where something that once maybe it just had a nice, pleasant effect, you've started abusing it. There's abuse involved. You started pushing past the limits of what's a healthy balance. And you now find yourself dependent on it for something. So bringing it back to love addiction. Yes, it's not, I wouldn't say it's not as common. I would say a lot of people have some form of sex or love addiction. It, but it may not be as obvious, right? Because there's not the blaring evident repercussions that there are when somebody's hardcore alcoholic or a drug addict or gambling addiction loses all their money. It may not be that clear, but it's pretty clear to the person because it begins impacting your life. One, because it does keep you from experiencing healthy love because there are people who will self-sabotage when they find a nice loving partner who's stable, who genuinely shows interest, who is consistent. And you start getting into a relationship. But as I said before, you notice "Mm, this is like not that exciting. This isn't giving me those, you know, endorphins, the dopamine, the rush. There's not this push and pull. There's not this intensity. There's not this passion. There's not this knockdown, drag out fights. And so some people will sabotage a good thing or they'll just ignore it completely or not even give it a shot. Right. That's why they say like, you know, good guys get a bad rep and don't get a chance because some people will see it and be like, "Mm, no, nah, that's uh, that's not going to give me my fix because we're addicts. <laughs> I'm not calling you an addict, but I'm saying if you resonate with this, if you can resonate with the idea of what a love addiction is, this is what I'm saying. It's when you feel you've gotten to know love as a certain way, almost like it really is a pill and you, you take it and it's like you meet a certain person and you're like, there it is. They got it. They can give me that love fix pill shot line, whatever you want to call it. And it has adverse effects, right? Because what's going on when we are engaging in an addiction? Number one, we are betraying and destroying our bodies. With a love addiction, it's more our emotional body. We are wreaking havoc on our emotional body. I have a whole solo series on divine feminine practices. Obviously, Women Waken, I'm all about connecting with are with source, with our highest self, right? It is not very kind to continuously subject yourself to tumultuous, unhealthy relationships where you are treated poorly, where your nervous system is constantly going up and down and dysregulated and trying to regulate because it's the, um, what do they say? Intermittent reinforcement, right? That's often a part of love addiction is that there will be such high highs There will be times where you'd feel like you are the most in love people that have ever existed in all of life. And you have such sweet things to say, and you've had like the best night of your life, but then maybe you find out that they're actually talking to someone else, that they spent that next day with another person, 
that they said some nice, not nice things, or the next day they get mad about something and they're nasty. And that person that you knew the night before is not even there. Okay. So that is not kind to our system. That is destructive to our system. That is harming our system. Or I don't care too much for the word harm because I like to stay with the adage that we can never truly, we can be hurt by something, but never harmed because harm kind of insinuates that like something has been um, like tarnished and we are a pure, perfect soul. We can't actually be harmed, but you know what I'm saying? We hurt ourselves, right? Self, again, it's called self-harming, but I'll use the term anyway, self-harming behaviors. The tricky thing about emotional self-harm is you can't see it, right? I speak a lot to negative self-talk. And how damaging that is, how that's a form of self-destruction, how that's a form of self-harm. And that if you could see the way that, you know, people who cut for in self-harming actions to relieve themselves, to feel that same kind of fix that they, they get it through self-harm, another form of addiction, cutting. If you could see the cuts that resulted from talking badly to yourself, you might think twice about what you're doing to yourself. The same with love addiction. If you could see your emotional body, that it's like a, a garden that's just withering because it wants so badly to bloom and believe in, in the sustenance that's coming in, but the sustenance is not good when we're with somebody that we see as a, a, a drug, a fix, because that's not real love. And that's the thing that love addiction doesn't reside within real love. Just like a, a drug addiction, it resides in something synthetic. It's remarkable how drugs or alcohol can feel like love, right? I used to speak of that a lot when I would go to meetings and share my story of addiction. And I would say how confused I was for a long time that drinking or taking pills could be bad because it made me feel so good. It was the closest I knew to feeling source or a sense of a higher power God because I would take a drink and I would suddenly feel so at peace, you know, like that first cocktail at happy hour on a Friday. It's just like, oh, finally, I feel at ease. Finally, I feel like I see the beauty in everything. You know, that feeling. And the problem is it's not real because it's coming through a drink. It's a quick fix, right? The same with a love addiction. It has those synthetic moments where it feels like love. But when it has the underlying tenets of conditionality, if you will, conditionality, meaning that you're sharing this moment, but you're both just trying to get your needs met. That's what it comes down to with love addiction. They're using you and you're using them. And yes, it, it can feel real and maybe it is. But like I was saying before, you wake up the next day and they might be feeling like, hey, you're not meeting my needs now. You're not, you're not making me feel good. You're making me feel this way, that way. So I'm going to go talk to somebody else. And that moment you had, that high, that peak moment of love addiction, then gets washed away and you're left like, oh my gosh, what happened? We were so attuned last night. We were so good. It's because it was... You know, sort of like that Cinderella effect. That's how any addiction is. Like, oh, yes, I got my fix. But then, boop, pumpkin hour hits and you're back in out of your carriage and on the floor in a pumpkin. I don't know how we got here with this analogy, but you know what I'm saying, right? With love addiction, it takes you up to a spot where you feel, this is real. Wow, this is great. And it's good until it's not until it drops you back down and you realize we don't actually care about each other. And I'm not saying that as a blanket statement. I can't say that for sure, but I know for me, that's where I've been where you, I would have moments with someone where I thought, wow, we really do have something here. And then I get blindsided, bam, just like hit side of the head with like 
God, we really don't. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't really support me. He doesn't love me. We're both just needing to get our needs met. We're using each other. And people can stay in that cycle, especially if we're impatient, right? Because let's say you figure that out and you're like, okay, this one's got to go. This is, it's not doing the trick anymore. This is just like toxic as hell. But then the next alluring drug of choice comes along and you're like, oh, what is this I see? This looks like it could give me my fix. This looks enticing. And so we take that hit. We take it because we're still little addicts. So just like with any addict, the first step is identifying because people can go in that cycle for a long time. I I call it your twenties and thirties. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some people have find their love early in life, but definitely for me in my twenties into my thirties got better, but it was just like, you know, I wanted to jump at every opportunity and every like exciting thing that I could find. And I never really stopped to think about what is my true intention here? What do I really want? And also how am I showing up? Cause that's another question to ask yourself when we're caught in love addiction, we're just, we're usually just focused on what am I getting? What am I getting from this person? And we're not asking like, well, what, what am I giving? You know, like why, what did they, what am I offering? That's actually healthy. That's actually true. And the reason why you don't stop to consider that is because if you did, you'd realize not much, right? Not much. I'm just a junkie trying to get my love fix. I'm not offering much quality substance here either, right? So we identify it and we say, okay, okay, I might be a little bit of a love addict. I have a hard time being single. I have a hard time not talking to somebody that's making me get excited, that's making me feel desired, that's giving me attention. These are all like, if you see love addiction as like, you know, the top, I don't know, maybe an umbrella. And then like, there's all these little things that come down through it. Right. Cause again, it's like intimacy and companionship and attention. Again, these are not bad things. These are actually all components of any relationship. The problem with a love addiction is when, again, it's not substantial. You just want that quick fix. You just want some, okay, I just need somebody who can offer me some of these tenants, whether or not you're willing to give it back to them and work to build something together. Any addict knows that you have no patience, no patience. That's why we become addicts. Just like a little rat with in the cage with its little button. It's getting the, do they give it cocaine? God, that's awful to give rats cocaine, but they do. And you just keep pressing that button to get more and more. And you're not taking time to think about quality or health or your well-being or your intentions, which are all steps towards finding true love and a true soul partnership and a true healthy connection. You got to show up just as much as you want the other person to show up. But if you're willing to take that quick fix, that fast food of, of love, you can get stuck in that cycle for a long time because guess what? There's plenty of it out there, just like drugs, just like alcohol, like sex, like money addiction. There's plenty of it. It's, it's going to be up to you to decide that you want something different. So first you have to identify that there is a love addiction. Some of the things I've stated are the signs that again, maybe it's hard for you to be alone. Maybe you find yourself not interested in healthy relationships. They seem too boring. And granted, there are some people that you just don't, you know, you're just not that into. Not everyone is for you. Not everyone is your long-term partner. However, if you have no interest in anything that's somewhat healthy, you got to check in with that. 
If you can't handle something that doesn't have the ups and downs, the tumultuous nature, check in with that, right? If you keep repeating it despite negative consequences, just like I was saying, let's say you just came out of a toxic relationship. There was yelling, there was cursing, there were punches being thrown, physical or verbal. And you get out of it. And then again, somebody comes around and you can tell that it's kind of a similar vibe, but you keep doing it rather than pausing and saying, this feels really familiar. Again, listen to a few of my past episodes where I talk about making that choice. There, the, I did an episode on sort of the, the repercussions of choosing low-grade connections. Low-grade connections come in the form of toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships, anything less than your soul partner, if that's what you're looking for. But you see it, you know what it is, but you take it anyways. You continue the cycle. You're stuck in an addictive cycle. Just something to keep in mind. So we identify it. We see what we're doing. And then we have the sacred moment of choice, which life is just a series of choices. And the question is always, what will you choose now? So for anyone listening to this, if you think that you might fall in line with a love addiction, if you have trouble keeping a relationship, if your relationships tend to be up and down, tumultuous, unhealthy, have toxic traits. Again, I've spoken to this before. Toxic is thrown around a lot, but what it means, literally something toxic is something that is not good for your body, right? It's toxic to your system. People, energy is powerful. Intimacy and time spent with somebody is huge. And if you introduce someone into your system that is not good for you, that is toxic, it's not going to do you well. Again, that's one of the repercussions of a love addiction. All addictions have repercussions. The repercussion of love addiction is you are introducing not great, low quality, unhealthy energies into your body, into your emotional body that will take time to release and heal from. Keep that in mind. Every action has an equal reaction. We like to pretend that we can just, you know, and especially with relationships, right? We're like, oh, it's, it'll be fine. Like, you know, we are, we fight all the time and like, it seems like it's going nowhere, but whatever, like the holidays are coming up. So we'll just stay together. I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone. I've done it. I've stayed in situations because I just couldn't let go. And I've, I've spoken to this before, but I'm a big believer that it's not over till it's over. But just keep in mind, the longer we stay in it, we are affecting our bodies at a cellular level. We're creating some trauma at times, depending on how toxic the relationship is. But even our emotional body is just getting used to being sh- treated like shit, right? Our body wants love. It wants loving, healthy connections, just like it wants healthy, nourishing foods. So when we choose to continue on an addictive love cycle that is not bringing healthy sustenance into your body, that is not bringing you love and safety and security, then you're creating havoc in your body. Those are the repercussions. If these are things that you have experienced, if this is a pattern that you have found, it might be advantageous to explore whether or not it's time to do a love detox, get sober. That's the next episode I'm going to do. Love detox. When we recognize that we have a love addiction, we got to get clean. And most often, sometimes it happens that people have the realization that they're a love addict and they need to detox. And then the next day they meet a healthy person and they're married for the rest of their lives. Most people need to get sober. They need to detox. They need to get that out of their system. They need to get the unhealthy toxins out of their system 
because here's what happens when we release unhealthy toxins and situations, our energy shifts. When we're in a, a love addicts uh, cycle, we're going to keep attracting love, other love addicts because we're vibrating at that level. We are energetically in a lower space where we're not honoring our honoring ourselves, where we're not healthy, where we are engaging in toxic, unhealthy behaviors. If we detox, then we raise ourselves up. We're saying, listen, this is a sacred space right here. Me, my heart, my mind, my body, my being, my spirit, my soul is a sacred space. I honor it to the highest degree and nobody is coming in here or getting involved or coming into my energetic space that isn't aligned with that. And then things change. So next episode is the love detox and aligning with the energies of true love. I hope you'll tune into that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to uh, download Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. It's a great song. (laughs) Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.